This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 152. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So here's the thing. If you want some help setting up your marketing, specifically installing the tools and a system that continually brings in extra listings and sales, we're now accepting private clients. And if we make the decision to work together, you'll be getting proven ideas, an abundance of resources, and some bankable accountability. If you head over to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash private, you'll find a short letter where I share more about the kind of agents we're looking to work with in our private client group. So if you think we might be a fit, I've included a short form so I can learn a bit more about your business and we can set up a time to talk personally. Once again, that's topagentsplaybook.com forward slash private. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. There's a saying that goes, if you want to get something done, give the job to a busy person. And if you're into extreme productivity, getting results, and squeezing a little more out of each day, I think you're going to love this interview. My guest today is a 16-year veteran, and this is the first year she nominated to be listed in REB's Top 100 Agents in Australia. She's also a mother of four young children, so I'm sure the only way she can achieve such impressive results is because she's organised with industry best systems. Her entry into the list of elite top performers is due to pure numbers in terms of listings and sales. She's not selling $5 million homes in Sydney or Melbourne. She's based in the beautiful Hills District just outside Adelaide, South Australia. And for my listeners not familiar with the Adelaide Hills, we're talking about some of the most beautiful country on earth. Lush green rolling hills, horse studs, hobby farms, larger commercial agricultural operations and home to some of the most successful and award-winning wine companies in Australia and the world. Arabella Hooper is a team member at Harris Real Estate and as you'll hear in a moment there's little time for indecision and time wasting in her world. For example listen out for her strategy when it comes to working with unmotivated sellers and how she's learned about the damage they can do to your productivity and your business. And we get into the weeds on some very relevant ideas that will help you lift your results. By the way, as usual, I've included a video of our interview in the show notes at topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 152. All that and more coming right up. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Jiggler. Jiggler is the creative, do-it-yourself online marketing platform top agents are flocking to build everything in minutes right on your desktop from marketing flyers reports lead generators and social media posts jiggler has hundreds of templates waiting for you to customize download and print or post get started today and try jiggler free at jiggler.com that's j-i-g-g-l-a-r.com Well, Arabella Hooper, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ray. Really well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, well, thank you for making some time available. It nearly didn't happen. Thank you. It was my fault. Um, right. We got there in the end. We did. We did. And thank you because I know you're a, a very busy lady. Tell me um, 
Uh, congrats on the uh, REB um, score. Um, tell us, tell us where you came in the lineup, and um, and give us a give us a bit of a bit more info about your numbers and stuff. Yeah, sure. So I was ranked seventy nine in the top one hundred REB across Australia, and I would have liked to have been higher, but I was pretty pumped to be in it in the first instance anyway. South Australia is a smaller state; our volumes of transactions are generally a lot lower than the eastern seaboard. Yeah, and. And certainly our average sale price is well well south of the norm over there. So it is hard to get up there. But um, So I was ranked the highest South Australian agent, female agent. Congratulations. That's a, that's a bloody huge effort. So that is... Yeah. So yeah awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Um, is this your first year in the, in the top 100? Yeah, it's, a, it's the first year that I've nominated to go in it. Okay. Um, I hadn't previously done that, so I don't know whether I would have got it years before, probably, but okay. uh, this is the first year that I decided to submit for it, yeah. Um, how, that's just totally amazing. So what's your average sale price where you are? So our average sale price is $727,000, to be precise. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so, um, that's fine, but the average through Adelaide is 500000 Okay. Okay, so you're doing are you doing acreage and stuff like that? Yeah, so I do sort of units, houses, acreage, farms, vineyards, horse properties, lifestyle. Yeah. Okay, okay, um, that's often a bit of a challenge because it's not like you can throw out a letter drop and hit the acreages and those higher selling properties um, where you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, how, yeah. Are you, how are you connecting with those people? I guess it's something that, you know, I was thinking about before we came into this meeting because I've got a young guy that's joined my team now and we're just going through, you know, how to in, uh, increase database and those sorts of things. And when you don't have letterbox drops, like as in you don't have uh, letterboxes yep. and, uh, and houses sometimes are kilometres apart, <laughs> it's yep. hard to go door knocking to, to create numbers. So sure. I think what it, what it means is you need to be a little bit smarter with how you connect with people. Uh, so you need to work out what is going to be the most cost-effective way, the most time-effective way to reach as many people as possible. Yep. And by doing that, I've, I've, uh, I work in communities, so I've had to lean on uh, papers, uh, the local papers and those sorts of things, uh, to be very relevant and present in those papers so that wow. from a community perspective, I become the go-to person for everything to do with real estate. And that's very much the foundation of which I built my brand. Um, and nowadays, with the technology, the social media streams and those sorts of things, it's probably got even easier and perhaps somewhat cheaper to do that now. Yeah. Um, but it's meaning that everything is very community-centric around us. So and relevance, consistency, presence, uh, being uh, somebody that is a go-to person, a knowledgeable person. So publishing, publishing through uh, Facebook, Insta and doing um, informational pieces Sponsoring those load loadings is how I'm getting the younger guys on my teams now to start developing more contacts. Okay. So they don't have letter boxes. Okay. Okay. So you are using Facebook? Did you sort of um, you suggested? Yeah, we're doing a lot of the uh, social media is huge. I mean, we've still got our um, you know there's the digital platforms of online. Absolutely, there's your social platform and still your traditional footprint. Yep. And our social streams are very important to uh, us being, as I said, because there's not those letterboxes, we, that's the only way we can really make sure we're hitting in everybody's home without actually delivering a 
something hard copy. Yep. And so we're having to rely on that a lot. So we've got a, a whole campaign um, around that. What's your demographic? Is it all over the place or is it like 40 to 60? Um, it's all over the place. It's all over the place, um, yeah. Yeah, really, no... The reason I'm asking is because that's really hard to target in Facebook. I mean, I guess you can target your geographic pretty pretty specifically because you're in the Adelaide Hills. You know the you know the centres that you can target. Um, yeah. But uh, you know when you got it's definitely, it's definitely hard. Look, I find for me it's probably easier now because I've got the stock, so I'm hitting every demographic per property anyway. So. I'm probably touching it. But for the younger guys on my team who don't have stock, apart from leveraging off of my brand, and um, for them it's really working out what demographic they would be best suited for and um, and then targeting that demographic. Because okay. you know, it's horses for courses in this game, isn't it? Like you, sure. you generally have your own tribe. And yep. um, and I think for the younger there's a younger guy on my team right now, he's super eager, he's very good, he's quite capable, he's a bit green. But you know, to put him in with a, a one point five million dollar property right now would see him sink. Yep. So he needs to be in an environment of which he can feel like he's confident he can swim. Yep. And I think it's really important that for people who are starting out in the industry that you work out, you know, who your demographic is. I mean, if you're a young person and you've not been in the workforce for a hugely long period of time, if you're going to go target executives, you're probably going to find that you're going to fall on deaf ears. Yep. Whereas if you're a younger guy or girl and you're targeting the people that are similar gen set to you, lower price point perhaps, just until you've got, you're on the ground and you've got the contacts. That's probably where you need to be really careful and mindful. Yeah. Is that is that kind of how you built your brand when you were starting out? Yeah, I was young. So uh, that you had something in common with. Yeah, I was, I was 23 and, and, you know, I had good, you know, over here, like if you go to a very good private school, you generally got great contacts and it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, yeah. But I kind of think that's like anywhere in the world. Yeah. And, and so for me, I had some very good networking contacts to start with, but they weren't necessarily going to give me their house because their house was worth like one to you know, $6 million, which is a yep. lot over here. Yep. And and I was just just young girl who had no idea what she was doing. So I picked an area that I um, knew that I could relate to um, that had a low price point. Some of them were first home buyers, some of them were families, but it wasn't a high price point. I think they started at like 300000 up to six. Yep. And, and I started in one specific area and I just started working really hard at that time around expired listings and stock that had been on the market for a long time. Yep. And I really prospected really hard around those those properties because I really knew that I had to fish where the fish were yep. and that if I didn't have time to go on letterbox drop, you know, 10 streets and that I really just wanted to get some activity really quick because I needed yep. to generate income. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just rewinding, you made me think I've got some family in Adelaide. Did you go to Wilderness where my crazy um, Adelaide cousins went? I did go to Wilderness. Okay. And I went to Wilderness for uh, until the uh, end of year nine and then I went over to Seymour when we moved to the hills. Um, okay. I originally grew up on a farm. So, yeah, I did. Okay. Cool, cool. So some of the... Um, um, some of the things that you learned when you were starting out and building and building your brand, um, uh, and and I'm interested because I love to ask this question: Who was your first hire when you were building your team? 
My first hire was uh, a PA, um, right. uh, an administrative PA. And yeah. yeah. um, I, I kind of feel like if you're going to start building a team that generally by the time you've worked out that you need a team, as everyone says, it's almost too late and you kind of should have done it a year earlier. But anyway, we all make these mistakes because we don't have the cash flow or think we can't afford it. So um, I think... Uh, if we rewind again, if I had my time again, I think I probably would have, I'd strongly advise anyone who's looking to start out in the industry to see this as like a business acquisition. Mm-hmm. I think people come into real estate and expect to earn money without investing anything but time. Yep. And if you look at anybody who buys a business or does a startup business or anything like that, they work out and they have a plan of how much money they need to keep their life going. Yep. They have a plan on how much money they need to invest into that business or they have to acquire the business. And I think the issue that often where a lot of people come unstuck is they're expecting to earn really good money really fast and not putting any money into it. So I think if I had my time again, although I have a lot of money, I think that I would say to someone, you know what, go bankroll yourself, probably only like 20 to 50 grand. It's literally probably all you need to do and actually have the ability to powerfully market to the area every week, all week, uh, every week uh, of every, you know, all year for the first year or two so that people just start to think that you are the go-to person. And I think... I just had this conversation with the new guy that's joined my team. I'm like, you're getting angry, or well, not angry, frustrated, perhaps disappointed because you're not all of a sudden writing 250 grand a year. But hey, like all you've invested in this is is your time. Yeah. But how about you invest some money in it? And yeah. um, and admittedly, when you're young, you don't necessarily have that money. Yeah. But you know, maybe you need to go and uh, I, I think real estate is a PTY LTD. It's not a it's not an Arabella Hooper, right? So if you're not setting it up as a business model from the start, I reckon that's principally where everyone comes under. Yeah, that's really. If I had my time again, I'd set up with business investment, yep. and and I think that would have propelled my career a lot faster if I'd been able to do that. Getting back to the question of who did I employ first, and a PA who is absolutely administrative focused, yep. I feel is. Yep. I think people get caught up in going, I need another lead generator, and. I feel like if you are at the level where you've developed a good brand, you're good at what you do, you know you're getting to that point where you're busy, you actually need the administrative uh, levels taken away from you so that you can then propel that further. And then I feel like you're ready for a lead generator. Um, So anyone that comes to me at Harris Real Estate and asks me for advice, um, that's 100% what I say. And And I've got four kids, so, you know, and for me, I had to be really mindful of what type of person I was employing. So not only what were they doing, but I needed someone who wasn't going to go on maternity leave. (laughs) I needed someone that was committed to being in administration only and didn't have aspirations of becoming a salesperson. And so who you employ is largely dependent on where you're at in your life, but I needed a constant there and and that's what I did so sorry that's a really wrong answer to your question but I think I think it's a I think it's a really good answer because you've covered it you've covered a bit of ground there and um one observation I will make is that in talking to agents every day is is the willingness uh, or, or the reluctance with so many salespeople to invest in themselves like you said to 
to back themselves. They they do expect that they're just going to swap their time for money um, and and write crazy figures overnight, and it just doesn't happen. I mean, you know, no. look at your career. What did you say? Sixteen years you've been building your brand, stuff like that. Yeah, and I reckon, you know, it probably took me really eight years to actually start doing good, you know, like not eight years, probably only four, but, you know, it took four years. It probably could have been done in a year. Like, that's the difference. Like, what took me four years, I could have done in a year had I invested. Yep, yep, and you got, and you got some momentum. And the, the reality is, like you said, I mean, the only time you're actually making any money is when you're in front of a seller or a buyer. Um, that's right. At the end of the day, and everything trickles down from that. So... If your time is worth, I don't know, two fifty an hour, why, why would you be doing forty dollar an hour stuff? Because it's just totally illogical. Yet that's what a lot of people do. And um, you know, I, I probably just answered my next question because I was going to ask you what do people need to do to to break into the top hundred? And you probably just answered it right there and then. Like, set yourself up, look at it as a PTYLTD, like you just said. I really like that uh, that explanation. Yeah, I think I think definitely um, you come into real estate and you don't have to be well educated. Uh, anyone can get their license, and 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 largely anyone can basically fulfil the job. Because let's be honest, the 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 reality of what you do day in day out is actually just not that complicated. But. The problem is, is that there are very few people that are dedicated enough to withstand the storm to, to see it through, and yet you do have to have skill. Yeah. And but largely in that initial stage, anyone can do that job. And yeah. um, and so I think in terms of that ability to break through, the, the problem with real estate is when you come into real estate, people are like, oh, you know, here's a desk, here's a phone, like go for it. They don't really say to you, hey, you know what, you've actually just bought into a business. You now need to forecast where you're going for the next three years yep. and then how are you going to get there and what are you going to do in the next three years, what are you going to do in the next year, what are you going to do in the next quarter and what are you going to do in the next month in order to help you propel. So you, we largely spend a lot of time doing our business planning for three years in advance and we've just completed, uh, we had an Everest mission for 2020, and uh, we've just re-forecast that Everest mission to 2023 and already ahead of 2020. So we are already forecasting where we need to be um, effective uh, four years from now. We'll make it happen. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's, gee, that's advanced planning. Um, let me just switch back to your Facebook ads for a sec. So every property that you list you have a marketing component with that that comes, they're on Facebook and they're promoted. You've got your pro shots and all of that. Does that, is that, firstly, is that what you're doing? Um, you're nodding your head, so that's yes. Yeah, um, yeah. so every, every property gets attributed uh, $350 at a minimum. Yep. And, and that campaign will last for seven days. Right. And it's managed by our marketing department, not my team. Yep. And, and we have a pro forma in there of, you know, essentially what demographic is going to buy that property and we then work out what reach we want with that campaign. So, you know, whose income are we targeting? Where are they going to come from? How old are the people who are going to buy this property? Are they a couple? Are they family? Are they a lifestyle seeker? Are they just a luxury buyer? What are these people? Then we will target that campaign. We're averaging about 50,000 impressions per campaign and about 14,000 engagements. So um, that will appear through Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it happens for every listing, regardless of their size, price, or whatever they are. 
And, and similarly, we will then also do that with uh, every sale as they come through as well okay. as a very, you know, simple context of how we market through Facebook and Insta. So you, you, get, you just gave me some numbers there, which, which, I'm, which I'm interested in. Let me just unpack that for one sec. Um, so uh, you start promoting the properties as soon as, soon as they hit the market. You, you do seven days on Facebook. Um, yeah. what, what, what kind of percentage, I don't know if you've got this, but with your, with your numbers, do you measure response as far as actual human beings on the phone call and say, hey, Arabella, I just saw, I just saw your new listing in wherever? Um, I find, with, I find with Facebook and Insta, they won't call you. They just message you. Okay. <laughs> that's the oh, way of that speed, yeah. yeah? Yep. And look, I find with our social campaigns is that the people that are commenting are likely to share the property are probably not the ones that are going to buy it. Okay. Uh, they're probably uh, aspirational buyers uh, and probably don't have the budget. Okay. But what it's doing is, is an and, and, and but in saying that, the people that are interested will still see it. They're just not likely to contact us directly through that medium, but they will take up, you know, the inspection or whatever because everything's all mapped yeah. in there. Yeah. But they, it is an ability to freely market your properties um, yeah. and uh, to have that top-of-mind impression in a far more powerful way than any ordinary letterbox drop will ever have. Yeah, yeah. So you're really getting on their radar, and you're yeah. doing and you're doing it continually as well as as new listings. And, and and always in the same structure and format. Okay. So everything has a very constant approach. It never changes. Yeah. And and I think that that's something that everyone needs to remember is that when you are publishing anything. Uh, you need to have a very strict policy around how that is going to be uh, looking, what yeah. the branding around that is going to be, and what hashtags you're going to use. And hashtags are really important to get reach, yeah. particularly through Instagram. We have a hashtag, it's hashtag pink cells, and you can search pink cells and you'll see um, you know, a lot of what we do, uh, hashtag Adelaide Hills, hashtag Hooper Team, Whatever it is, and um, hashtag Harris RE, and you will see that there's a consistency there, and and that allows people to become top fans of our pages. We've got top fans, and and then that allows us to every time we have a campaign, we can capture the audience. The next time we have a campaign in the same area, we can retarget that audience and get more. It's so powerful. Yep. It's the cheapest form of marketing at our disposal. Okay. Okay. Cool. And you're obviously running a database. How do you market to your database? Do you just send regular emails? You're on the phone calling, I guess. Do you split it up? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm probably uh, set up a career based on a really good ability to build strong relationships and not a great ability to call people. I've now had to change that over the last five years to now that, you know, recognise that uh, that that approach was really good to get you to a certain level, and but you weren't keeping in touch with people properly, and and so therefore you were losing repeat clients or reselling uh, resales or whatever it is because you weren't touching base with people to say you know hey how how's your house going so yeah. now and I have it very simply categorised for me, not not how my team does it, for me, of who the people I contact. I contact the, the hot appraisals or what we call the A appraisals, so they're the hot people that are about to sell. Absolutely. And 
I, I then uh, contact uh, all of my anniversaries uh, with a personal phone call on their anniversary. Yep. And we send them a gift. Uh, it's only a small gift. It changes every year, but it's just something gimmicky, like a, I don't know, uh, I think last year's was like this pink eraser. Completely kind of weird, but just something that makes them go, isn't that funny that they're, why are they giving me this? Um, uh, <laughs> we uh, then have a top, I have top a top 100 list, which are really, they're really top clients of mine. They might be people with a high net wealth. They might be people that are very strong in the business context of my area. And my also, yeah, they're people that are top referrers, people that I just generally really like. Yeah. Um, and I have them in my car the whole time and I'll just scroll through them as I'm in the car and you're driving around because you've got time to do that when you're driving around. And... So in a, in a context of that, that's basically how I will do my prospecting through my database. And then, of course, there's all the follow-up with people that have just bought from you and have just sold and processed to settlement. And that's probably not really relevant in terms of the prospecting. Yeah. I have a buyer's agent that manages buyer sellers, that manages hot buyers, that manages uh, that side. And, and then I have a lead generator as well who is really harvesting and so that's how that works. Okay. Okay. Cool. What um, what would what would, and I always love to ask this question. Um, so if somebody's listening to this, as invariably they will be, and their numbers aren't where they think they should be, they might be spinning their wheels. They might be in a little bit of a flat spot, depending on their market, etc. Because a lot of people in real estate have never really experienced a tough market, um, mm. and things have changed. Picking up a little bit now, but. What would be your advice, Arabella, to somebody who wants to lift their numbers a little bit? What's two or three things they could focus on to, to, uh, to get a listing and make a sale? I think I've always been really hot on never listing property that is not realistic. So I've only ever listed, I only ever list motivated stocks. So ones that are either, you know, they're either dying, they're either getting divorced or they've got huge debt levels because... And when I started, I had babies very fast and then I had a divorce, then I remarried and life was never able to just sit there and feed someone's ego by rocking up to their house for six years while I tried to pretend I was going to sell it and never really sell it. Yep. So I learned that stock on shelf was like dynamite in my business. Yep. So I learned that if... If I put stock on shelf, which a lot of agents will do thinking it's just really important, I get the listing yep. and that I would find that those people who are listed, those vendors would end up basically hating me because I'd lost interest in the property. Yeah. I kind of hate on them and it will all blow up uh, and then, you know, they basically tear down a brand you spent years to build. So yeah. I would say to someone who's struggling or perhaps the market's a bit tired or perhaps you're just feeling down is go through your stock list. I do it every day. And go through your stock list and work out who needs to come off the market, who needs to have a price reduction, who needs to go into rentals and, and what you're actually going to be able to sell. Focus on getting an outcome, re-strategize. I just did it last night with four properties. I'm like, I need to get these shifted. Yeah. So here are the options. You can rent this, you can reduce the price, we can put it into an auction, but something's changing or we're not opening it this week. So. Yeah. Don't be afraid to, to deliver the facts to a vendor. Don't be worried about offending them because actually they just want your guidance. Yeah. So feel confident in saying that something's not working, we need to change it, here are your options. 
What do you want to do? Let them make the decision. So first of all, go through your stock list, work out what you can clean out, sell, take off the market, clean your list out. Only deal with people that you feel like you can get a deal from because when you get a deal, you'll feel good again. Yep. If it's saying you're not getting in enough doors, then I'd really encourage you to work out what questions are you really asking because you're probably not asking maybe quite the right questions or perhaps not in the right way. And I've found that with a young guy in my team right now is he's very good at making the phone call but he's not getting the outcome because his call was just too clinical. Mm. So if he was going through an appraiser, he went through all of my cold appraisals, people that were potentially never going to sell, but you know with those never going to sell every now and then and never going to sell goes, actually, I'm now moving. Oh, yeah. So, and I said to him when you go through those calls, he was making these calls and he was saying, hey, it's Will, rah, 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 rah. and Arabella came out to your house two years ago. She's been in touch with you since then. I note that you're, um, uh, sorry, I've just got a thing that's come up on my screen. Let me just get rid of that. And um, so, uh, and I basically, uh, was, he was making these calls and he was basically just saying, you know, would you like an update or I can drop a, would you like me to drop a, 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 an updated CMA? Yeah. And I was like, why are you asking them? Mm. Just drop it off. Hey, it's Will from Harris Real Estate. Arabella came out to your house two years ago. I know you probably went in a rush to sell at the time, but... Has anything changed in your situation? Do you need an update? Because it's probably time. Yeah. And most of them would then say, oh, actually, you know what, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Or for the ones that didn't, he would say, you know what, I'm going to drop off a CMA, which is a market update, a, a CMA to your property tomorrow. If you see it at your front doorstep, please feel free to have a read. I'll touch base with you in a week and see how you've gone with it if you need any other help. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the conversion rate went from, no, I don't need anything, to actually, yeah, that'd be a really good idea, or perhaps can you send that to me, or actually, I really look forward to that, and thanks so much. Yeah. And so sometimes, if you're making the call, really think about uh, what are you saying in that call? Because uh, sometimes I find that clients really, if they feel like they're getting that gimmick, yeah. that they just want to shut you up. People are too busy for that now. You need to be able to say, you know, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're super busy, but look, I'd really love it if I could come out to your place because I'm actually, you know, I said to him the other day, you know what, you're struggling. You haven't had enough appraisals. Why don't you just call them and say, I know you're not ready. I know you're not selling, but I really need practice. Can I just come out? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. They felt sorry for him. And not that you should encourage that, I guess, but sometimes... When you're new in the industry, you kind of just need to get in front of people. Well, the, However more, that the more you do it, I was just going to say, it's, it's, I always think it's about confidence because you can hear the confidence in somebody's voice, uh, the, yeah. way, the way they deliver it. If they're hesitant and not sure and, they, and you know, they're, they're, um, all these feelings running through their heads and they're, and they're unsure about everything, then uh, that's, that, that call's going to go nowhere. I mean, at the end of the day, people want to be led. People, otherwise they'd put a for sale by owner sign in their front fence. Um, they I, think also, I think also, you know, like everyone's just so busy these days. You know, like you're both working, uh, you've got kids, they're all, you know, you run, your life as a client is probably in chaos mm. and you kind of, you know, for the love of a better word, you, you kind of can't be stuffed. I was going to use a worse word. And you can't be stuffed and being stuffed around by some agent that you've got no intentions of doing anything with. Yeah. So I think it's really mindful to be relevant to people. 
and and go. You know what? I know you're super busy. The kids must be driving you nuts. It's school. It's it's school holidays. You know, and you know it's school holidays. I know you can't be bothered, but hey, so it's probably a really good opportunity because you're at home with the kids for us just to duck in and give you a quick update. It won't take long. It'll only take five minutes, but get relevant with people and then they'll want to deal with you. Um, And I think you need to be a chameleon in this job. You can't be a cookie cutter. If you're a cookie cutter, you will absolutely die in this business. Um, Okay. Well, I'm all out of questions, but I'm I'm seriously full of admiration for you. I mean, the the busy mums that I know in real estate really understand the value of every minute. Uh, because yeah. you've only got that limited amount of time to get in and get stuff done. So um, Yeah, you do. And I think, you know, it would be really good for a lot of males in this industry. Yeah. To, you know, I think mothers suffer from guilt the whole time, right? So we're going constantly when we go to work, we're feeling guilty for not being at home with our children for school holidays or we're, not, we're feeling guilty about sending them with somebody else to football or netball or whatever it is. Yeah. And so we have this constant guilt that we're always in a bit of a rush to produce the whole time, knowing that yeah. we need to be the multitasker. And I think the men sometimes go, oh, we're just the worker and we'll see the kids. And, you know, family's really important. And I think for a lot of people, you've got to remember in this job or in this industry that people measure themselves against other people in the industry the whole time. And I think it's really important that you only measure yourself around your own expectations and the parameters which you set and what you need for your lifestyle and what is going to make your family harmonious and your lifestyle personal goals harmonious because there's no point writing $4 million in commission if that means that you get divorced and your children hate you. And But if it means that you're writing $1.5 million and you are happy and you're there for your children at dinner time and uh, every night and, and you've got all of that. So I think, you know, a lot of people, young people in particular, have these aspirations of being this, you know, rock star. But the rock star is only so good, like the cocaine lifestyle is only so awesome until all of a sudden you've got no one left around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then everything runs out. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the formula. Guys have got to start having babies, I guess. Perfect. But probably the uh, the guilt thing they just don't have. I kinda wish I had that ability sometimes to just sit there and just not feel bad because I reckon it would probably make females a lot more productive even more so. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. We are what we are. It is what it is. Well, congratulations. Thank you again so much for your time. It's been uh, there's so much so, gold there. I'm gonna make some notes and uh I'll get this episode out as soon as I can. So um, no worries. on behalf of everybody listening, um, uh, thanks so much, Arabella. That was, that was perfect. Thank you. No worries, Ray. Have a great day. And thanks for, we, we got here. And thanks for doing it. We did. And thank you for going to the trouble that you went to. So thanks. No problem. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? 
To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray. 